0: Welcome to our Soul Food Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Princeton, West Virginia. Let's pray, and we'll get into the Word now that you've had a little fellowship time. Uh, Father, we thank you for this morning. We just lift you up as we get started and pray that you would be glorified. Pray that you'd uh, just give us a pleasant time in your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well we're in proverbs proverbs psalms chapter 27 um i kind of skipped ahead a little bit because i don't know this just felt like a more appropriate psalm for some reason you know those things happen so let's start in chapter 27 uh it says this is a um Verse one. That's why I'm okay. That's why I said Proverbs because I'm turned to Proverbs. Bill called me last night and said, "Can you pull your stuff together a little early?" I said, "Yeah." No, I can't. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> All right, Psalm twenty-seven. Uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the defense of my life whom should I dread I think this is a little bit more appropriate in the midst of the chaos that the world is presenting to us we need this calm we need to come in to recognize who God is when it seems like the darkness is closing in around you We need to recognize who God is. He's the light. He reveals the true heart of what's going on. He is our light in the midst of darkness. And he's our salvation. You know, when we look at situations and we get the perspective of the world, we'll act like the world we'll live in fear, we'll live in anxiety, we'll live in stress. But when we get the perspective that God desires for us, we recognize that he is the means to peace. He is the revelation of light, the defense of our life. He's the means to everything that we need. And as we look at him, our perspective of salvation becomes alive. And everything else kind of becomes secondary. Because we realize that God's intent for us is life. And not just going through the motions of life but abundance in life. Proverbs 29 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts his trust in Jehovah shall be safe. And that's a promise that we have, that in the midst of whatever is going on in your life, that fear is needs to be put in its perspective. You know, if you go through the Bible and look at the word fear, there are only two perspectives that it presents. That is, number one, fear the Lord. Respect the Lord. Be aware of his authority over you. If you are in rebellion against him, You are in condemnation. If you are abiding in him, there's no longer any more condemnation. Second, constantly through the scripture, an angel shows up, God shows up, and it says, fear not. It's a command consistently throughout scripture, don't fear This verse says, who should I fear? I should fear God. What should I fear? Nothing else. If I am in right standings with God, and my perspective is true to the reality of my situation, which is that God is my salvation and my light. He is my defense, my life, then I have no need to fear any longer. And in fact, when I fear, it's either, it's mainly because I have a wrong perspective. John 4.18 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath punishment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. So one of the things that, as we start to examine our lives, and we find fear in our life, we can say, well, I haven't perfected love in my life. And that's one of the problems in my life. That I haven't understood God's love for me. I desire for good for you. And so in that we have peace. Verse two When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries, my enemies, they stumble and they fall. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear, though war arises against me, in spite of this I shall be confident. You know, Philippians says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, when we have war, when we have people trying to hurt us, when we have situations that seem desperate, he says, there is a purpose that God has for you. And he's fulfilling that purpose and he's promised to complete it until he comes. And in the midst of everything, we can trust in him that what he says is true, that he is doing something despite the situations around us. And actually is doing stuff in the situations around us. And with that perspective, we can celebrate. Our confidence has nothing to do with the situation around us. But it has to do with the work that God is doing in us and through us. When we see God working, we have confidence both around us and in us, when we see his active presence, it should encourage you. And it should give you the confidence that he's active, because he loves you. And all the situations around you are avoided. Because he's the light. And he is revealing himself. Despite everything else. One thing I've asked. Verse 4. From the Lord. That I see, that I shall seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. And behold the beauty of the Lord. And meditate in his temple. What are you asking from the Lord? What are you seeking from God? is is this your life's goal is your life to your desire to dwell in the house of the lord for david he recognized that the only place that there's peace is in the presence of the lord and the reality is that you know, the, the New Testament tells us that we are being fit together as a dwelling for the Holy Spirit. So as Christians, our desire, the one thing we should desire is to dwell in this house in submission to the Lord. Yes. To dwell in in the house of the Lord all our days, in his presence, abiding with him so that we have the peace that we wanna have, so that we have the confidence that we wanna have, so that we have the joy that we need in the situations we're struggling through. This life is your dwelling but it's God's dwelling in you. The second thing that he says, that I may behold the beauty of the Lord, which goes back to that perspective issue. When we aren't beholding God for who he is, for the one who gives us life the one who loves us the one who is empowering us the one who's building us up then we miss out on something and so david's desire is hey i want to see the beauty of who you are all my life not just periodically get this moment of oh wow god did this or or God's great, but that it be a constant in my existence. Because as we get that perspective, it changes our thinking, which changes our actions, which changes everything about us. It's fascinating how the mind affects the body. You know, it's interesting how, how, you know, joy changes chemistry in your body. How the way we think changes the, the chemicals that, that we release or, or hold back. There's a reason for that. Because there's a perfect way to be in our thinking in our in our attitude that will cause life to dwell in us and continue. And then there's an attitude and a thinking that will cause destruction and devastation and chaos in your body as well as your surroundings. David's desire here Is that he abide in that perfect place that brings peace. The temple. And to meditate in his temple. That his thinking was surrounded by the presence of God. I know that's not always true for any of us. There are times when our thinking is not saturated in God. But that should be your desire. And when it is, it has an effect. And that effect is life. Verse 5. For In the days of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he'll hide me. He'll lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I'll sing yes, I'll sing praises to the Lord. Now, this text is looking forward to a future hope of protection in the final days in tribulation specifically. But presently, David is saying, "When trouble hits you, the best place to be in is in the presence of God. Dwelling, grounded on his firm foundation, He'll lift me up upon a rock. And what rock can we be lifted up on? It's just Jesus. He is the rock. The rock of God. In his presence. We celebrate in times of trouble. In times of chaos. In times when nobody else understands why you can be happy. Because we know that God's in control. And we have peace because he gives us a peace that passes everybody else's perception. Because we perceive who he is. His character is one that gives life and loves us. And it wants to build us up. Verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Be gracious to me and answer me. At this point, there's a little change in, in the flow of this text. The reality is it's real hard to stay in that place where everything is just right and we're just abiding in God and everything's perfect and we're trusting God. And he says, "Uh, that's not always going to be the case. There are going to be times when I'm just going to be desperate and I'm going to cry out to you. Be gracious to me and answer me. David recognizes that he's imperfect. And so he starts praying out of humility. There are times when I'm not abiding in you. Be gracious to me. And David knows that God's going to be gracious because that's his character. But we have to ask for that grace. You know, if you go to the judge and say, oh, I I failed, you know, and they're like, yeah, well, here's the consequence. <laughs> Good luck. (laughs) If you go to and say, I'm sorry, can you help me out here? Maybe you might find grace with God. That's the way to come. (laughs) Seeking his grace. Verse eight. When thou didst say, seek my face, my heart said to to thee, thy face, O Lord, I shall seek. Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. That has been my help. Don't abandon me or forsaken me, O God. God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me up. The reality is people will fail you. Even close people, even family, even your parents. But God is not going to fail you. When everybody else falls short, he's there to meet us. With grace and compassion and love. And he's faithful. But we need to seek his face. Because that's what he's called us to. We need to not just believe, but we need to seek after him. See, he says, when you seek, you'll find what you're looking for. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in level paths because of my foe. And that's what we want We want God to teach us His way rather than our way. Part of submitting to God is admitting that your way is not perfect. And it's not producing what you desire. And admitting that His way is perfect. And that you want to learn from Him. Knowing that God's faithful and we're not, we have to follow His example. And we do that by seeking out how he wants to lead us. And we're not supposed to be conformed to the world, but transformed to his image. And so as we are transformed to the image of God, that's his leading. To do that, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his empowerment. And when we have it, we need to submit to it. He'll lead us on level paths as opposed to the shaky, rocky paths of the world. You know, one of the things where people struggle with is emotionally, they're just up and down and struggling with whatever's going on. God's not really that way. His character is pretty straight. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's what I expect. Here's here's the standard. He is the level path. And that's the character we want to emanate to the people around us. And we want to emulate his character because we want to be on that evil, even path too. despite the situations around us, despite everybody else. Because as we reflect God's image, as we reflect his character and behave like he behaves, it causes the path to be even for the people around us. As we fail to reflect his image, We become that rock, or that dip, or that roller coaster in somebody's life. And unfortunately, there are people that thrive on being that. Because they're in rebellion against God. But God's desire for you is not. That roller coaster it's a level path and why do we need that level path because of our foes our adversary the adversary desires that you stay on that roller coaster his job is to kill and destroy and to devastate and to maim and to keep you away from peace verse 12 do not deliver me over to the adversary for my for false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How do we deal with the lie that God doesn't love us? The lie that we're useless. The lie that wants to destroy us. The chaos around us is coming against you with a lie a false witness about God and about his character that he's an angry God that just wants to devastate the world that wants to breathe out violence against humanity David said I would have despaired until I believed. And that's where we leave the despair is when we believe on Christ. Once we understand the right perspective of what God desires for us, that I would see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is a recognition that Jesus is coming to our land. For David, he was looking for the first coming. For Jesus to come on the land and be present. For us, we're looking for the second coming. That the goodness of the Lord will be in the land of the living this land here in our presence said as he left he will return and that's a promise we have we have the promise of Christ and with that we're left with verse 14 Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Keep your perspective right. And trust Him to be who He is. And to be with you in the midst of everything else. And wait on Him. Because it's all going to play out the way it's going to play out. But he has a plan to change it all back to the place it should be, which is in submission to him. To have a glorious place again, that we can live abundantly and eternally. So let's look forward to that. Be strong and take courage. Father... We just lift you up today in the midst of life, in the midst of this world that's corrupted. Lord, we pray that you would change our perspectives, that we can see you above everything else in faith and trust and obedience look forward to your return. I pray that even now, your spirit would abide in us. To transform us into the image of you in this world. That we would be life and love and a level plane for others to come to. To find a rest for their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. right.